Hi guys, uh, welcome to today's episode of the Lean Muscle Warriors podcast. Uh, and today I'm here with uh, an amazing guest. Um, it's, uh, it's such a huge honor to have him uh, on the post- podcast as a guest today. Um, he's the founder of the Personal Trainer Development Center um, and the Online Training Academy, where I really got to know him and he's really impacted my coaching style. Uh, and not only from online coaching, but also as a, as a personal trainer. His name is uh, Jonathan Goodman. Hi, Jonathan. How are you today? What's up, man? I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, where are you calling us from today, Jonathan? I am in a little pueblo in Mexico called Sayulita. Yeah, I was wondering. Yeah, it's, it's, it's on the West Coast. It's like a little surfer kind of beach town. Not so little anymore. It was little for a while. It's kind of been discovered, but uh, but yeah, we're, we're we're living here for a few months. That's that's so cool. I I know you love the you love to travel and that you yeah you you don't do well with the with the cold winter in Canada, don't you? I do not, man. I need to be active all year round, and in order for me to be active, it has to be convenient. That's that's one of the things that I've recognized about myself. It's like I don't actually care that much about what I do most of the time, as long as I do something, as long as I move. <laughs> and the more convenient it is for me, the more I move, right? So, you know, like I'll ride my bike to in, in Toronto, Canada, where I'm from. I'll ride my bike to my office. Yeah. But just as an example, like the week before I came here, I couldn't ride my bike due to ice which meant that I missed out on 15, 20 minutes each way, which meant I missed out on two and a half hours of exercise that week, right? I also couldn't do my cardio because I was running outside because I don't have cardio equipment, which meant I missed out on two jogs, again, due to ice. So that alone is three and a half hours of movement that I missed purely because the weather was bad. Over the course of a five-month winter, that's 70 hours of movement that is just gone. That's a lot. That is a lot. Think about that, how much, think about the effect of that year in and year out on your long-term health, mental health, physical health, on just your longevity um, beyond the physique, right? And so, yeah, I mean, it's not so much that I hate the cold. I actually don't mind the cold. I'm Canadian. We, we kind of grow up with the cold. Yeah. And I miss playing like ice hockey, right? But I just, I, it, it, the pros don't outweigh the cons, right? Yeah. For me to be able to stay active all year round mm-hmm. uh, is, is way more important. Does that, uh, like, is it just the fact that there is ice on the, on the streets or is it also like a motivational thing that, you know, of course, I guess having a sunny place in the background impacts yeah. your motivation to train? That's a good question. I don't know. Um, I've, I've always been one who's kind of been very self-motivated, very intrinsically motivated. You know, I'll wake up even now, you know, I came to Mexico, like everybody here is on holiday. Yeah. I wake up, my alarm goes off at 6 a.m. I'm, I'm the first person in the gym when it opens at 7. So I'll wake up, I'll have a coffee, I'll read for 45 minutes, and then I'll be in the gym right at 7. And I'll be back home 
basically around the time that my wife and son might have got a three and a half year old, uh, that my wife and son are waking up, right? And it was the same thing in Toronto when it was, uh, when it was the winter. I was training out of my sister's basement who lives like 10 minutes away from me because she had some equipment. Yeah. With the COVID lockdowns, the gyms were closed. And so, you know, I could, I could will myself to wake up. Like I wasn't happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I could, but I could, you know, I could will myself to wake up even when the weather was crappy, yeah. right at five forty-five in the morning to be at my sister's at six, so that I'm home at seven fifteen, so I can switch off with my wife, who can then go work out at seven thirty. Um, so I can, I could do that. I mean, obviously, I don't enjoy it as much. But one of the nice things about forcing myself to do that type of thing in the morning is it kind of aligns the rest of the day really nicely, mm-hmm. like. I have to be in bed by 9 p.m. or else I'm just finished. Yeah. Which means that I'm in bed at 9 p.m. reading a book, right? So if you know that you've got to be in bed at 9 p.m., well, basically nothing, for most people, nothing useful ever happens after 10 p.m. at night. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. It just eliminates that, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is, this is just being honest because when sometime uh, it, it happened to me that people told me, uh, I don't have time, but actually, like, yeah, as you said, from up 10 p.m. afterwards, there is nothing productive to be done. And I'm curious, like, when you wake up that early, if I don't remember wrong, uh, you drink some coffee. Uh, yeah, I mean, it depends. Um, I will do, I like cold brew coffee a lot, which is actually yeah. what I have right now. Uh-huh. But, uh, but I'll do, like, if I'm working out at home, I'll usually have, like, a cold brew. Yeah. Here, yeah, I have a hot coffee mostly because there just isn't really good cold brew. Like, the one that I have right now just isn't very good. And it's, like, the only one in town. But I just wanted it, so I went and got it. Uh, and also my friend's place, so I'm at right now, uh, wanted one, too. So I picked one up for both of us on my way over. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I will usually have coffee before I train. If I'm just doing cardio first thing in the morning, sometimes not. But if I'm doing weights, I kind of like it. But I also, you know, like this is my second coffee. I, I'm done my second coffee before noon for sure. Yeah. Uh, usually before 11 a.m. in the morning. And then I'm, I'm done coffee for the day. Because if I have it too late, I just can't sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've got the same. I try to don't drink coffee after 3 p.m. Um, but... You know, you, you must have like some some badass like espresso. You you seem like you seem like a, a, a an espresso kind of guy who grinds his beans and like does it right. <laughs> you know what? So now we are we are drinking coffee from a, a coffee machine, but we are temporarily staying at my girlfriend's place, a parent's place. I'm upset with you. I'm upset with you. You can't have an accent like you have and drink coffee from a coffee machine. That's not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> That's not allowed, man. This is what I can do. But uh, yeah, you see, I'm a little bit of an unconventional Italian and I don't depend, uh, um, you know, as an espresso so bravely. Um, but yeah, you know, Jonathan, I'm always um, uh, wondering, like, how, how do you define yourself? Are you a writer? Are you a coach? Who are you? I have no idea. I'm definitely not a coach. I'm definitely not a coach. In fact, one of the realizations that I came to many, many years ago is that I'm a terrible coach, which a lot of people are surprised at. I mean, because I effectively run three coaching businesses. You know, we've got two business coaching 
businesses and then one fitness coaching business. I don't coach in any of them. Yeah. And I mean, I was a personal trainer for eight years, but the reality of it is I'm not a very good coach. I'm really, really, really good at uh, identifying problems, building a strategy to tackle that problem and coming up with an idea to basically take it from nothing to like the first phase of success. And then I got to get the hell out because I'm actually terrible at running things. Okay. Um, so, you know, I think the bigger question of like, how do I like identify myself? I don't actually have any idea what to call myself, but I'm definitely not a coach. Okay. And I'm somebody who spent a lot of time in figuring out what I'm good at, where I thrive and where I don't mm-hmm. and building the structure around me to pick me up where I don't. Right. So I know that I'm terrible at running things. So I don't run my business. Right. My entire job in my business is to basically read books yeah. and come up with ideas. Kind so of, like that's kind of all that I do. Right. Let's, let's take a step uh, back. Let, let's yeah. Say, yeah. Let's, say, let, let's say you're starting, uh, I know you've been a personal trainer. So you started working yep. as a personal trainer. And uh, when did you realize uh, that uh, you wanted to, like, basically that the fitness industry needed help? Because trainer, actually, mm. I know many trainers who are great trainers, uh, but they have bad systems. So they, have, they can't yeah. communicate properly and uh, they can't set up uh, certain things, their finances, their marketing. Uh, and like when I, when <laughs> I first joined the OTA1, uh, like what amazed me the most was this way of coaching and, and doing the job uh, very client-centered and yes. uh, but as well like prioritizing the time so yes. really like when did you realize that uh, the industry needed your help i if i'm really honest with you man yeah. um i realized that i needed help way before i realized that the industry needed help mm-hmm. i started a website called the personal trainer development center which was like 2011, which was my foray into online fitness business stuff, right? I started that because I wanted something outside of the gym. I knew that personal training, I mean, I was a personal trainer for eight years. I liked it, but I knew that it wasn't going to be what I was going to do for the rest of my life. So I was like, I got to make money some other way. It wasn't like, oh, the industry needs help. I need to help. But it was like, I got to do something for me, (laughs) which is um, perhaps... Uh, uh, less agnostic or less, you know, helpful to other people as I would like to be, but it's the truth. It's honest. And then as I started to write a lot more for personal trainers and start to meet a lot more trainers internationally, I was like, you know, the problems that I encountered are really common. We got to build some systems to help this. And so it was, it was after I started writing it. I started writing and educating trainers because I wanted to make money for myself. Yeah. Right. While I didn't have to personal train. But but then I realized that there was really serious problems. Yeah. With the industry. Now I know worldwide. Yeah. You know, I'm talking to you in Italy, right? Uh it's not just in in Canada. I mean I you know I was at like a like a small boutique gym in Toronto. I didn't know anybody else. I didn't have an outward. So I didn't know that these problems were international. How many people are in the, how many trainer have you helped uh, from 2011 uh, building their online business uh, and uh, improving their uh, personal training services? I have no idea. We have sold 
I don't know. It depends what you consider help, right? Like direct online training. Yeah. I think it's over 40,000 now. Yeah. If you consider like just pure items sold, yeah. you know, like uh, we've sold, God, it's got to be close to 200,000 now mm -hmm. educational items to personal trainers worldwide. Yeah. Um, when you include all the books and stuff like that. But I mean, I don't know how many individuals that is, right? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't really count. Yeah. But it's, it's somewhere around there. Okay. Okay. And yeah, well, we can argue that uh, everyone who read the, the information in your courses and in your book uh, uh, and implement them in, 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 their, in their businesses, uh, they, they're going to benefit in some way, for sure. I, yeah, I would I certainly hope so. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I'm, I'm pretty sure. Money, they're not going to benefit. <laughs> you know, it doesn't seem like a fair exchange to me. But I mean, I'm also realistic in that, like, not everybody will benefit from everything that we do, of course, right? Um, yeah. I think that's the job of anybody who does anything with business is that, uh, you know, do your best job to get your materials in front of the people, your product, your service, whatever it is, yeah. in front of the people who can really benefit from it and be very honest about what people can't, you know, like, who is this not for? Yeah. Uh, I think it's, uh, it's just as important. Yeah, and the and the and the cool thing about uh, like how you deliver your content uh, is uh, uh, that also you put out there a lot of free stuff, and you are very consistent yeah. with it. And in a in a in a way, I I can see where where you're doing really well, because in, in in a part of your job uh, and my job we are similar as a content creator, and I can see how challenging it is. So I can bet you running like three international businesses being a dad, a husband, like you're now training yourself very seriously. Like, how do you do that? Which part? <laughs> how do you keep being consistent with your creating content? Oh. Um, it's systems, yeah. dude. It's systems, you know, it's, it's a matter of identifying, I guess, what the priority is. And it also doesn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. um, been very, very, I, I've done a reasonably good job of this over the years, not as good as I would like to, but, but better and better and better every day as we keep trying to improve it, which is like trying to figure out where we want to really attack and where we just don't care about. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, the blog, you know, we're going to do written content. Yeah. I don't care about video. Right. For, for like the first seven years, we didn't, we had a Facebook page and we had a blog and we did email marketing. Right. We didn't do Instagram. We didn't do video. We didn't do anything. Did that hurt us? Probably. But it also meant that now we have the biggest blog in the world for personal trainers. Fantastic. So now we can go and build an Instagram account. Right. And we've got like 72, 73,000 people on there without really doing a very good job on it even. So now this coming year, we're going to start doing a better job with it. And you'll see that page blow up. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and we have a podcast that's doing well too, and, and we're having a lot of fun with now. But my point is like, now we're at the point where there's a manager in charge of each of those verticals, of each of those platforms, yeah. and then a supporting team and, and a protocol for each of them, right? You can't do all of it at the beginning. Yeah. So it's kind of built up that way. Um, and also like, relinquishing control I think is is very important for anybody who runs a business as you start to grow is understanding that you can't do it all and it doesn't and and when other people take over it there will be things that will happen that 
aren't ways that I would do it. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's worse. You know, they put up content in a different way or they speak a different way than I would. It doesn't mean that it's worse. In fact, sometimes it's better, which is actually a knock on the ego. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, I wouldn't do that. Oh, I think this is bad. And then people respond to it positively. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'm wrong. Um, and so, uh, and, and then the final part, which I guess is, is maybe a little bit more helpful to anybody listening is just what's a priority sequence? For me, fitness has to come first. Um, I find that no matter what I do, whenever I, you know, if I move to a new place or something new happens in our life that kind of like upends our schedule, whatever it is, the first thing I always do is figure out what my workouts are going to be like for that period of time, when they're going to happen. And I put that in my schedule first. And then I build everything else around it. Because A, I feel better, I think better, I sleep better, I love better, I'm a better dad, I'm more, like everything is better when you work out, right? The second is, and and I say work out, like exercise, like do whatever you want to do for you, right? But everything is better when you have that. And it also aligns the rest of your day. It forces good habits the rest of the day. If I know that I got to train in the morning, I'm not going to drink beer at night because I know I'm going to pay for that. Right. Right. And so, you know, I might have a beer or two Saturday night because Sunday's my day off, but I'm not going to have it during the week. And so it just kind of aligns everything else. So, so the fitness, so to me, it's a matter of what are your, if you're trying to like figure out how to fit everything in, you've got to look at what your priorities are. Right. And so for me, it's okay. Fitness is always my number one priority. Then I have two work priority blocks over the period of a day that are like an hour each. Okay. And then I have all the minor stuff that like, if I don't get done in a day, it doesn't really matter. But if I find extra time, I throw it. It's kind of it. I love it. And I, mean, I maybe do like an hour and a half, two hours of good work every day, to be honest. Sure. And that's more than most people do. If you actually look at like, most people who work for themselves, who run their own businesses, even if it's like their own business working for themselves, how many, how much time do they actually spend doing really important work every single day? It's probably less than half an hour. Mm-hmm. They're busy, but yeah. they're not doing important work. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely know what you mean. And like before you said the, uh, that for you to, to, to keep being consistent with your fitness, it has to be a priority. So it has to be something that you think about and that you plan. Is this something, like I have to be honest, uh, this uh, for me is something that I learned just recently because before okay. being a personal What's trainer, that? I was a gym rat. So I was always at the gym. So it was like, the gym is there. Yeah. I, I cannot not train. Um, and plus it's been a passion. But uh, since I stopped being a personal trainer at the gym, I realized that, the challenge i realized the struggle some people they don't make it a priority and yeah they struggle to to be consistent with it is this something that this yeah. you learn from the early days i just laugh at the type of stuff i used to tell my clients man you know i was like i was like a 22 year old single guy with nothing to do and i'm trying to tell my 40 year old business owner with three kids with sick parents like that they need to make time to work out. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's it's important. My total, well, and it is important, but like my, the way that I communicated it to them, like 
my total lack of understanding of their situation is just funny looking back on it now, right? Um, yeah. And, but yeah, I mean, it is. And that's why I say, uh, to me, convenience is probably the number one thing when it comes to fitness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and when I travel, I mean, I take this so far when I travel, I choose where to live. Cause when I travel, I usually stay in a place for a month or two months. Right. Yeah. I choose where to live based on fitness access. Like literally I will not book a place unless there is, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a gym. Right when we stayed in Madrid in Spain, for example, we stayed just outside of Otimmo Park, which is like got great outdoor workout areas. So we could go there and work out outdoors every single day. But like, it has to be convenient because there's no way in hell. It's like, you know, when when the gym shut down in Toronto, I'll give you an example. One of my neighbors, who I'm very good friends with, he, him and his wife, you know, were trying really, really hard to get back into shape. And so they hired, they, when the gym shut down, they decided that the best thing to do was going to be to drive 40 minutes outside of Toronto where the gyms are still open and hire a trainer out there. Well, no shit that only lasted for a week and a half. You have two kids under the age of three. You both have busy jobs. You're talking about an hour and a half commute to go work out. There's no way that that's staying up, right? They would be better buying 20 pound dumbbells in their basement and a workout DVD, mm-hmm. you know, and just doing something, anything. So to me, it's a matter of identifying the priority sequence of saying convenience is number one, right? Everybody's trying to optimize and do the right thing when it comes to workout. It's like, that's cool, man, but that comes later. Right. Get into a routine first, get into the habit first. And this is what a great trainer will do. You know, like a great trainer won't say, this is the best way to train. They'll say to you, Hey, let me talk to you about what you got going on now. All right. Here's what, here's how we're going to build this up with you. Right. Here's what we want to ultimately be. Here's how we're going to get there. Yeah. Is that, is that the, so basically guys, Jonathan, uh, he's uh... Uh, owning a um, coaching business as well. And uh, he's one of the clients too. Is this... Uh... I am. I basically, I was like, I was like, I'm coaching. I want, I want a great online coach. Yeah. In the way that I want it to be structured. Yeah. Doesn't really exist. And so what's the best thing that you can possibly do? What's the best way to build a business is to build a business that fulfills your own need. Well, I built a business that fulfilled my own need and then <laughs> we're just running it as a business and I'm one of the customers. Yeah. It's great. I love it. Is the, and this is also like, uh, like, I have to say, like having a coach is great. Um, like yeah. you, you have someone. I love being told what to do. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you are following a path that you have someone keeping you accountable. Um, so yeah, I love that. Uh, that yeah, you, you, you I don't, I don't want to go into the gym. I got enough things to worry about. I got enough things to think about. Yeah. I don't want to go into the gym and think about what I should do and think about what I did next time and think about what I should do the next time in order to progress and doing all the calculations and yeah. figuring out how the exercises mesh together and all that. 
I mean, I could do it, right? As I was just a coach for long enough, I, I could do it. I don't think that I could quite do it as well as the coaching program does because sure. just our coaches are so dang good. But like, I could do it for myself. But you know what? I got enough stuff to do. I'm quite happy to uh, acquiesce responsibility here and let somebody else take it on. And this is just purely about curiosity, but uh, are you working to something particular with your coach? Do you have any goal? Um, not really. I mean, I started on a 12-week hypertrophy program just to put on muscle. Now I'm on a 12-week fat loss. Yeah. Uh, so anything particular? I mean, not really. Um, I'm enjoying seeing my body change for sure but I've, I've always been lean my issue has always been putting on weight you know so i'm i'm not cool i'm not i mean i don't even i don't even measure or weigh myself or anything like yeah. that doesn't matter to me um you know i see the weights going up or it, particularly with cardio stuff has been kind of fun because i've just never i've never really done any cardiovascular programming Right. And so having somebody actually do really well put together cardiovascular programming for me and seeing that aspect of my fitness build up for the first time really ever. Um, you know, I, I'd go for jogs. I'd go for like a five kilometer jog, but to be able to, to be able to work in, in different heart rate zones and see that building up and be like, all right, last time I really struggled, you know, doing six intervals. Well, I did eight today and I felt pretty good. That's pretty cool. That's super cool. Right? You know, I can, I can do five kilometers, 10 kilometers, yeah. no problem now. And, uh, and that's, that's pretty wild. I mean, I haven't tried it and I probably never will, but my guess is I could probably do something close to a marathon now without even training for it just because of the, just because of the program, which is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's like fitness at, uh, um different levels uh, and uh, jonathan like in your life uh, i'm curious uh, what uh, what's the sub 100 dollar investment uh, or purchase uh, um which has the most impacted your life right here there you go <laughs> the casio watch i had one of those <laughs> let me tell you why yeah i love my watch and this watch is a casio it's actually 20 dollars let me tell you why. I, I love what it does. I use it a lot. So I use it in my workouts. You know, I, breaks and stuff like that are timed really, really tightly, of course. And so I use it for that. I use it as an alarm. I like the fact that it's a battery. I, it, there's a lot of reasons why I really love it. Um, I really don't want, I don't want any like, wireless signals in my bedroom. I don't want any electronics. I don't want stuff plugged in in my bedroom. And so I use my watch as my alarm because it's a battery, right? So I lay it down beside my bed. It lights up, it's my alarm. I don't want to use my phone as my alarm. I don't want my phone in my bedroom. So that's one reason. The other is this thing will basically never break. Um, it's just, like 20 bucks, I don't need to worry about it. I don't want to have anything on my wrist that I care about yeah. breaking, that I'm worried about losing. Like, that's just not a way that I want to live. And also, 
I don't have any tattoos. A lot of people have tattoos that kind of reminds them about, you know, important messages of their life. My, the, the watch to me is one of those because it reminds me about the power of simplicity and the power of just eloquently solving a problem, right? Casio was the first digital watchmaker in the 1970s. They haven't changed a goddamn thing since then. Fantastic. They perfectly solved the problem, right? The design hasn't changed. The features haven't changed. The thing tells the time, tells me the date, <laughs> lights up a little bit, has an alarm, has a timer. What else does That's it need, need to do? That's all you need. Well, it's perfect. So it, 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 it's just such a reminder every time I look down at my wrist of just eloquence, solve the problem as simple as possible, break it down into its principles of what you want to do. It's so cool because uh, like you, you just said something and I have it written here on, the, on, the, on my visual board. Uh, how would this look uh, if it was easy? And this is like one of the messages from, from, yeah, from one of the, of the certification that uh, Jonathan Goodman is uh, uh, owning and managing and selling and yeah, doing really well with. So that's, but I mean, that's, so, so I try to like live by that and have symbols that remind me that. So when you ask like, what's a, what's a purchase under a hundred dollars? I mean, that's it. It does everything that I needed to do. Yeah. Right. Uh, and it allows me to remove myself. Like I don't want to be connected all of the time. I was like, Oh, an Apple watch, you can get your messages. And it's just like, I don't want people to access me. Yeah. I'll, tell, I'll tell you a funny story. I was at the bank uh, before I left for Mexico. I went and got some like Mexican currency because it's just, we had to buy, you know, coming here, we bought 70,000, 75,000 Mexican pesos. Yeah. So, you know, I, I basically like tracked the currencies and when it was a favorable exchange, I went and got it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Go to the bank and I ordered the Mexican currency and he said, uh, cool, do you have, you know, can I just double check that the phone number that we have for you on file is the right one? Yeah. And I said, uh, yep, that's the right phone number. But if you call, I'm not going to answer and I don't have an answering machine. <laughs> and he said, well, how will you know when the currency is ready for you to pick it up. It's like, well, it takes seven to 10 business days. So we'll just come here in three weeks or so whenever, whenever it's convenient to me. And he's just like, yeah, I guess, I guess that works. I'm like, you know, life is way better when people you don't know can't get a hold of you. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he just yeah. laughed. That's it. That, <laughs> like, I love that. Hey, like, my <laughs> wife can get a hold of you. Right. But I don't, I don't want the bank to be able to call me. There's, there was literally not a single reason why I need to pick up the phone for the bank. True. Yeah. So I just don't have an answering machine. I love, I, pick up my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I love this study. And uh, Jonathan, like during, during all your uh, um, career, but as well, like just like in your life, uh, um, what would you tell uh, like a Jonathan Goodman of 10 years ago um, as a piece of advice? Uh, I don't know. I'm having fun. Probably like take a bit better care of my body. I realize now, you know, I'm 35 years old. I'm not old, but I realize now that, man, your body starts falling apart if you don't take care of it. So probably just like 
beat myself up a little bit less, mm -hmm. do a little bit more recovery work, yeah. do a little bit more cardio, do a little bit less weights, all of that kind of stuff. But I mean, I wasn't bad, but definitely more aches and pains. And I have to be more careful now than I would like to be because I was a bit stupider than I should have been when I was younger. But, you know, I was trying to impress girls, so whatever. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get those guns. That's, uh, yeah, well, that's, that's what girls like, right? Girls like guns. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what, what I say. Yeah, that's what I'm told. Yeah, that's what I'm told. Yeah. Jonathan, where, where can people find you? Uh, personal Trainer Development Center, if you're interested in the fitness industry. Online Trainer Academy, if you're interested in the certification. If you like podcasts, uh, we've got the Online Trainer Show, which... Uh, I don't know, call it a half comedy, half business podcast, I guess. It's hilarious, uh, yeah, and very helpful as well. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, try to, I try to make it like more comedy and less business, but I think we do like probably 50-50. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And, and are you working on anything in particular uh, for 2021? Anything new? Yeah, we've got, we've got some super exciting stuff, but I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> 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 I was hoping you could make an exception, but I, I respect I'll tell you, I'll tell you offline. <laughs> I'll tell you offline, man. I'm happy yeah, if you know, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, um, wait for, for the drum willing to talk about it publicly yet. Okay, cool. Jonathan, it was, uh, it was uh, such a honor to have you here uh, as a guest and, uh, I wish a great staying in Mexico. Um, yeah. And, uh, good luck for the future and for, uh, 2021. It's great chat, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you guys for listening to today's episode of the Lean Muscle Warriors podcast. For today is everything from me, Francesco Pavone, your host, and from Jonathan Goodman. Ciao, ciao. Ciao. <laughs>